This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheers and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm not bad, Josh. Like you said before we started, just two sick guys podcasting. <laughs> yeah. We, we so, went hard this weekend celebrating my birthday, uh, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. I think it definitely depleted, along with all the goals that were scored on Saturday, right. depleted our immune systems. Yeah, yeah. We both, I think we were both feeling a little something just separately, and then this, this really... It was a full day affair organized by your wife. It was pretty intense. We were actually talking about recording yesterday, and uh, early in the morning, I messaged you, and I was like, "There's just no way I can record. Today. I need I need 24 hours to recover." <laughs> uh, and it turns out I really needed more, like 72. I don't know. We're we're here though. We're, we're staying consistent. We're recording this podcast week to week. We got a question from <laughs> Jeff Petter on our Patreon Slack channel. My question is just how rowdy was Brandon's birthday? Can you remember? Was there a theme? Details, cheaters. And I thought the theme was probably um, along the lines of Phil Bardsley because, mm-hmm. I mean, no one needs to know how old I am, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm probably the Phil Bardsley of FPL podcasters. <laughs> I was surprised to find out today that Tom Heaton is older than Joe Hart. That was that was not anything that I, I – I did assume that Heaton was younger than Hart. Does that surprise you at all? He, Heaton's 32 and Hart is 31. I don't know. It's like Joe Hart – you could chart his – the depletion of his hair over, you know, the many seasons. <laughs> right. And that seems to age him. But he's still, if you just look at his face, he's got a bit of a baby face. Whereas Tom Heaton, he does, I can see his age in his face. So I believe it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, no, but it was a good, it was a good birthday party. It was a, uh, a really awful weekend for me uh, from an FPL perspective. About, I, I was feeling pretty darn low uh, by the end of today's matches. And, uh, 
uh, you know, but so it goes. Uh, you know, it's we're in week five. We've got 33 weeks left in the season. You're talking you know, we'll, like we're in week 35, how low you are. Um, I, no, we, I lost 40. I lost 30 to 40 points on every one of my mini league rivals this week. That is that is a, a pretty low feeling. I mean, you know, often you have a bad week, but, you know, usually it's not so extreme where, uh, I mean, I finished on 54 points, which is not horrible by any stretch, but uh, compared to almost everyone else in our mini league is 70, 80, uh, 94 in, in one case, you know, it's a, uh, uh, so it feels like it feels like if I don't make some right moves, like the season's kind of. Over. I mean, we've all this all we've all seen this in our mini leagues. You know, someone jumps ahead a hundred points, and the season's kind of over. You know, and so I feel like I'm sort of dangerously close to that happening already. And so I feel like I really have to be extremely. Con- We're going to talk about this in the podcast, but extremely cautious of my moves moving forward. It's not that I I'm not thinking about differentials. I'm not trying to be. Um, I'm not, I'm not going rogue or anything like that, but I just feel yeah. like if I'm not careful, the season's going to slip away before I even have a chance to <laughs> sort of get my feet settled. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I've got two transfers going into game week six and I still have my wild card. So it's not, it's not the end of the world, but, uh, I do feel like it's, uh, I'm up against it a little bit. It's it's slipping away, slip, 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 slipping away. I like your use of the word caution and to tread with caution. We had a comment from FPL, a sister. Do we all need to chill out and not make huge statements based on just one week? This week, it's hazard. Before that, it was a power back three. Mane, before that, I could go on, but you get the point. So, uh, yeah, this week, a slew of FPL content is going to hit your ears and your eyeballs. You're going to have a lot of decisions that you feel you have to make, but uh, you ha- we, we're going to try and put it into context here. So right. we're going to talk right. about the the midfield titans, uh, lots to say about Salamane and Hazard coming up. Right. We're going to talk about all the fullback concern trolling. Of course, Josh, mm-hmm. your year of the fullback mm-hmm. uh, trademark, registered trademark. And uh, Champions League is coming up, so uh, talk, talking a little bit about rotation. But before we get all, all to all that, let's talk about our game weeks in game week five. You already mentioned your score for the week, Josh. Just just pull the Band-Aid off. Tell <laughs> yeah. us what happened, how it went down. Did, so you didn't make any well, transfers. You the saved. single most frustrating thing for me was that I, I was all set to do it. Matt Doherty, so Eric Bailly has been sitting on my bench. And uh, I, you know, I've, been, I've been trying to move him for a while. Uh, not really trying, but just like it was like a move that had to happen soon. And going to this game week, I liked my starting eleven, but I didn't really have any bench depth. And so I thought, well, do I do I make a move sort of for bench depth, and then maybe I move someone like Conte, who I, you know, really just shouldn't have in my squad to begin with and shouldn't have started. What a um, moment that was—the Conte moment. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know you've been even very sarcastic about it from the start, but it, there was a moment where it seemed like he really was going to be. A, the problem is he he refuses to shoot. You know, I mean, I've never seen a player who 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 doesn't want to shoot more than Conte. He's I mean, too nice. It's amazing how often he's in the box and he immediately looks for someone to pass it out to. He really does not look confident in in you know his ability to actually score. Um, so I, uh, you know, so the move was, I uh, was by to Doherty. What was really annoying about this is I actually didn't realize the Bayou was set for another price drop. I had been on FPL statistics earlier that day and I just, I somehow missed it. Uh, so, and if I'd known that he was going to price drop again, I actually would have dropped him. Uh, and so, but I, you know, I sort of put, I put it out there like, Oh, what do I, what do I do? And, you know, I, I often, I you know, I, I know that like Twitter and and our our you know patrons, a lot of people really like to put their teams out there and open it up for discussion. I 
it's not something I love to do, to be honest, personally. Um, I don't feel like, um, I I just feel like I I get too many responses and it sort of gets in my head. Like I, it doesn't help me. It actually just further muddies things for me a little bit. Is it a little bit like there is a group of guys that is cool just hanging out with their shirts off. And then there is (laughs) another group of guys that would just prefer to keep their shirts on. Yeah. I I prefer to keep my shirts on with my team. I don't mind sharing my team. I just, I just, like if somebody were to say, I want to see what you look like without your shirt on, that's no problem. Sure. I'll take the all and button it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, so I, I, you know, I just sort of, and I got sort of, you know, the, the siren song of, of two transfers, you know, I got it in my head, but it was, it was silly. I mean, so anyway, I, you know, so I ultimately decided not to make a move. Mendy gets injured and suddenly Cabaselli comes off my bench for one point. Uh, you know, the following day, um, Doherty picks up, uh, you know, an assist, three bonus points in a clean sheet. Uh, now I'm sure he's going to price rise, but he's probably going to continue to price drop. Um, I, I might have other problems with my team now. And it was like it was an eleven point mistake that's only going to get worse, you know. And <laughs> it was just really, uh, I just was really frustrated about about that decision. Now it's just one decision, and it's only eleven points. It's not the end of the world, but it was just I talked myself into a bad decision by yeah. by just listening to too many people and not having a clear sense of what I wanted to do. And and honestly, I just feel like you know one of the rules that I've had this year is to be more conservative. And you know, part of it is there. It's okay, in my opinion, to make a transfer that does nothing more than shore up your bench. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if the biggest problem in your team is the bench and you're like, you're starting 11, then fix your bench. Like don't fall in love with two transfers or don't fall in love with, you know, like, because especially if you have anyone from Manchester city, right. I mean, Pep just did not reveal that Mendy had a knee injury, right. Just didn't just straight up no, no. didn't tell anybody, you know, uh, his press conference didn't come up, uh, you know, didn't come up at all, um, by any of the elixir. As, insider as if he there. has an ax to grind specifically with the FPL community. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was just, you know, I mean, this is, so anytime you have a pet player that they're, they're risk of just not even making the 18, um, and, uh, yeah, so I, you know, it was just, a. you can, you I think you can feel the anguish in my voice. Cause I just feel I, like I, I, was, I really can't done much better this week. It's frustrating. Yeah. But just, just to boost you up, Josh, your game week rank was still uh, like, I've had two worst game week ranks already this season. 1.5 million, not terrible. Right, you still right. have an overall rank around 150 K there. Right. Are, there's a lot you can do this season. And yeah. Uh, it's true. I, I actually, you know, I was one of those weeks that was so bad. I actually didn't even look at my overall rank until until we like, until we fired up this podcast because I just I couldn't bear yeah, uh, yeah. to see. So yeah, I only fell fifty five thousand spots. Thank goodness for Josh King coming through with eleven and Zaha with two and uh, uh, Wambasaka with nine. So uh, those three really really helped. And then Aguero obviously um, picked up his. You know, he's more of an assist player these days. <laughs> apparently, absolutely. Yeah. 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 He wants um, to see his teammates yeah. shine. It's all right, not all so about him. Let's get into your wildcard. You had a great, probably the best wildcard you've ever had. Can I go that far? Uh, I would say so. Historically, I, I believe your wildcard team never really shakes out the first week you put it into motion. It always takes two or three weeks before your wildcard players actually bring you back points. So, yeah, I was kind of blown away. Finished on 84 points with the wildcard, and it all revolved around Hazard. Now you start playing the FPL manager psycho game of, well, 84 just isn't good enough because I should have had the foresight to put the armband on Hazard. 
Um, <laughs> but I did not. But no, I, I'm thrilled with the 84 points. Um, so just to, to quickly run through how it, how it shook out, I went for the Holy Trinity in the back with Alonzo Robertson and Mendy. Put Juan Basaka first on my bench. So that was a great substitution for Mendy and really, uh, I think, took took me to new heights in this wild card. Patricio, uh, I downgraded in goal. So Ederson finished on seven, but I downgraded to Patricio as my starting keeper. Matty Ryan, uh, will I rotate him? It's just sort of, I don't know, it's like a bit of a security, expensive security blanket, a mm-hmm. 4.5 bench keeper. I just know that I have a starting keeper there to to, to jump in if I need him. Uh, yeah, so midfield really came through for me. I gambled on Fraser actually starting. There was I was amazed. I mean, this, I think, you know, and you're, you're up to, what, 19,500 in the world now. So, you know, excellent, excellent. But I got to be your best start ever, right, be, to be in top 20K five weeks in. Yeah, but I, I think it, it it indicates a newfound aggression in your in your game, which which uh, I feel like the old branded would not have brought in Fraser because of the uh, like if I was on a well cut, I would not have brought him in to be honest. I just would have been too worried about the hamstring risk. Well, um, we have so, a, we we have a whole mini, and it's it's fitting that it's a mini section for Fraser because he is a small person. You must love <laughs> you must love Ryan Fraser. I uh, do but, uh, not as much as you would think, but yeah, I mean, I like that he's short. Not um, after this week. <laughs> not after this week. It's true. It's too personal right now. It was a long term. The wild card. Um, I wanted to be aggressive to to a degree in bringing in Hazard specifically for game weeks five and six, but Fraser, I think, is really unparalleled right now in terms of long-term value I mean, right mm-hmm. now he's, he's risen up to 5.7 million but uh going into game week five the price for the type of uh position he plays on Bournemouth the attacking nature of that team just long term I felt like I I couldn't find a comparable player to Ryan Fraser I was happy to just even put him on or have him slip to to the bench in game week five so it was really yeah. never in doubt for me with him yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I another regret is you know, so I, I could have brought in Frazier when I brought in Conte, um, and so yeah, maybe I'm a little uh, a little biased against Frazier right now. I I mean, he looked. I mean, it's the best I've ever seen him play. Uh, I, yeah. I you know, I mean, you know, he's. I mean, for a guy who was supposedly injured, that he was flying over the pitch. Right? I mean, he could have he could have done even more than he did. You know, he could have had like yeah. 25 points this game. Well, to watch him run through the center of that defense, which is made up of Wes Morgan, which is doing he's doing his best Ashley uh, Williams impression this season. How is season. he still playing? Is Johnny Evans still injured? Or I, I mean, Wes Morgan. I mean that that red card was hilarious. I mean that was just <laughs> what was he doing? It was just oh, it was like this. Just, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was just like a series of ill, not one, not two, but three ill-timed tackles. Uh, I've done that <laughs> was, one on, on FIFA 18 many times. Uh, it was grim. It was grim. <laughs> so uh, I, I kept on Salah, and Pedro is my placeholder for Richarlison. So we're, we're kind yeah. of on Pedro death watch right now, I feel. Right. That was right. a bit of a gamble looking at how good the fixtures are or game, or game week five. Lord knows Pedro could have had two goals or more in that game. Yeah. He was, yeah. I, I think I joked on Twitter that his, his, neg- like, his BPS in that match was negative infinity. It was like in terms of <laughs> missed chances. It was just, he ended on four, yeah. uh, four BPS in the system, which was half, to put it in context, Context, four BPS was half of what Ross Barkley ended the match with. So <laughs> right. uh-huh. that's a good, good perspective. <laughs> exactly. um, 
All right, so that that's our teams. Uh, the OSG and Super League. Uh, we've got some uh, some some fresh blood, and we have a familiar face in there too, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, Brandon, uh, let's let's why don't we run through the top ten? Uh, sure. Yeah, well, well, take it take it away. All right, to, uh, bottom to top, as we like to do in tenth place, it's the Little Prince, Nikolai Zuglin, finished on ninety four points. Ninth place, Michael Byrne in Klopp we trust, breaking the century mark with one hundred and eight points. Eighth place, it's Luke Whaley, Whaley Wildcats. Seventh, it's Aral Ravendron. Uh, Uruguay is the team name there. Moving up to sixth place is John McMahon, uh, Never Neymar, uh, team name there. Fifth place, oh, man, there's some tough ones in the in the <laughs> top ten today. This team name is the Bittered, uh, Shane uh, Cavini on 94 points. Fourth place, some guy. Hello, always cheating is his team name. That's some good, great good. Uh, branding that we didn't even pay for. <laughs> yeah, thank you, some guy. Some guy finished on eighty-four points. Third place, it's Richard Inkvist, uh, Patreon supporter. Love Vinyl Street Richie FC. himself. Yep, uh, the man, the myth. In second place, it's KT forty-eight with one hundred and three points. And in first place, Aaron McKinnon, Bian Arnatovich. 102 points on the week. And uh, speaking of aggression, Andrew McKinnon's overall rank now 42 in the world. He captained Hazard, and that propelled him to 102 points. Dropped Sala and Mickey for a minus four to bring in Hazard and James Madison. So uh, that, is, that is a minus four. Well played. Uh, congratulations, everybody, in the top 10. Uh, Patreon thank yous. Brandon, we have a new Poku patron. That's Michael Arena. Uh, we also have two new Lord Sorloth patrons. By the way, there was nothing from IU in that match. Why is Sorloth not starting? I mean, give me a break. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Truly Come ridiculous. Come on. Get IU out of there. Come on. Bring in the Sorloth. Uh, Sindri Tarford and Nico Saldivar, thank you to our newest Sorloth patrons. Uh, and then, Brandon, we have several new Embakani uh, patrons. Uh, Jason Macharano, Colin Williamson, Eric Kowalker, Daniel Masund. Matthew Hall, Antonio Yamanaka, Marco Pajic, uh, Sean Harmon. I think that's how you say C I A N in, right. in, yeah. in, in, in Italian. You're Gaelic. Italian, no, excuse me, <laughs> Irish. <laughs> and, uh, and Taylor here, thank you to, to all of you. Uh, he could be Italian, Brandon. It is, it is offensive of you to assume that Sean Harmon is not Italian. Yeah, we are, we are men of the world. We are a global <laughs> podcast, a global brand. We make no assumptions. All right, so uh, as, as you sort of intoned earlier in the podcast, a fair number of rants this week. A lot of people did really well. Some people uh, had some rants. Salam Udin rants went minus four this week. Walcott and Trent out. Fraser and Robbins, Robertson in. But Fraser on the bench because he might not play. And Trent gets a clean sheet. So this week sucks. David Geckel <laughs> also with the rant. Why did I put Josh King as my second sub instead of my first? And why does Unai Emery hate FPL so much? <laughs> I assume David's referencing uh, Ozil and Xhaka. Uh, bringing in the <laughs> FPL points there, the goals. Hey, Laka and uh, Bamiang both both picked up their their five. You know, their 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 traditional five. I enjoyed the uh, new term that you coined on at Hail Cheaters, our Twitter account. You added me and said that I got trozled. Yes. Uh, because I had ran with Ozil for the first four weeks of the season, and he finally scores his goal after I wild card him right. out. So. And three yeah. bonus points, naturally. 
Uh, that was that was always the thing with Ozil is you know when he had those those great seasons it was you were just racking up the bonus points because he does yeah you know all those things that the naked eye can't see but yeah. that op, but that you know Opta does apparently I don't know uh, David <laughs> Juan Juan Aguitos on the Slack says you asked for deep thoughts here goes mine are we entering a postmodern FPL era with kings and generals at the bottom of the conventional hierarchies. What does this all mean? Is this FPL anarchy? Does the game need a new playbook? Will Silent King bring order to the chaos? Slightly smiling face. Would love to know your views. Cheers. Wow, this is that that is a deep thought for rants of the mm-hmm. week. Um, mm-hmm. Will Kane and Sala? Basically, this is uh, we're right now in the Empire Strikes Back of FPL, and right. our heroes Sala and Kane are looking at the the chaos of the galaxy, wondering if they. If they right. can beat Darth Vader. Right. And Played by Mesut Ozil. Right. <laughs> uh, Kane is probably going to go out like Bubba Fett did. Kane is probably going to fly into the uh, Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Sala. It um... is sad. The Kane thing is, <laughs> it, it, as, a, as a person who just enjoys watching Kane play, to watch this new sort of defensive midfielder version of him is so, like he and Eric <laughs> Dyer are like interchangeable right now. Yeah. It's like Kane's like, he's sure he's still dangerous on set pieces, but that's, that's about it. It's he just, weird. he just really likes breaking up the play, Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously he's injured, right? I mean, clearly this is not full health Kane, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy, the guy won the golden boot, what, two years in a row, three years in a row, finished second last year. Are you um, counting the I mean, world cup golden boot as well? I'd say that's, uh, that's pretty good too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's two goals and an assist in the season. It's not like a complete unmitigated disaster, but it's it's pretty <laughs> bad. It's pretty bad. All right, two more rants. This one from Dave Baker. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek rant. Sala to Hoylberg bandwagon incoming. Right, so right. Sala, the guess, Sala out people yeah. are now – they found their replacement with Pierre Hoylberg. Hoylberg. Yeah, uh, that was uh, – I mean, I'll, I guess I'll take the blame here. On last week's podcast, uh, I couldn't have been more – I guess we both were. We couldn't have been more adamant sure. to not to not bring in Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, right? Neither of us are believers in him. The fact that he has had, what, no goals and no assists to his name the first two seasons in the Premier League uh, and then finally scored a goal, we were like, it's, just, it's a bandwagon, stay away from it. Uh, and then he scores a Kyle Walker ish screamer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, brilliant well, who, goal! I mean, they, amazing. They, That's, uh, you know, on a on a, like on replay, it's like it bends like the like the Roberto Carlos goal. You know, it's, it's or beautiful. the or to to reference another. They referenced this in the commentary. Cuco Martina, another Southampton ah, player, yeah, who, who yeah. also never scored another goal, uh, as far as I remember, <laughs> in his Southampton career. So I think right. we can stand by our hot take on Hoyleberg. Yeah, I mean, every year this happens. You know, this is like it's it's the um, uh, who is the uh, Watford um, midfielder who had that amazing season a couple Capu, years ago? Etienne Capou. Etienne Capou. It's you know Etienne Capou scored four goals in the first five games, and they were all like. I think every single one of them was some like kind of fluky outside the box goal, you know. Like I don't think any any one of the four was inside the box. Maybe yeah. one like on a set piece or something. Uh, but it, like we all had him, you know. <laughs> was sure. like, well, somehow somehow he's doing it. Uh, and then of course he didn't do anything for like thirty weeks in a row. Um, so let's 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 just cool the <laughs> like cool your jets on the Hoiberg. I know yeah. Dave's kidding, but in general, let's let's cool the jets on the Hoiberg. Thing. All this right, is, it, uh, it's a fluke. I'm sticking by my guns. 
In the rants section, we occasionally get some brags. Uh, and L. Hardy, she holds true. There are no humble brags allowed on the Always Cheating podcast. So L comes in with a straight brag, which we do allow. L says, we I do? scored a hunt. <laughs> I allow it. I don't know about you. You stay no humble brags. Every brag, is brags. A, every, every brag is a one-game <laughs> ban. One, one, one episode ban from the podcast. All right, L, you're banned. But to make it worth your while, I will read this on the podcast. I scored 103 on Saturday and moved up almost 3 million places after a horrific start. Cool sunglasses emoji. So congratulations, L. You're officially banned for one week from the podcast. <laughs> All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break and get right into the heart of the podcast, the meat of the podcast. Mm. Beep, 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 beep. All right, Brandon, uh, part one of the podcast is really the topic that uh, that I think everyone is is considering right now. And, you know, and th- I mean, I guess this is really where, um, you know, just seeing the sort of you know, over over the the two weeks, it was just all you know. All this talk about sorry, we cut, we talked about him a ton on the podcast as well, and I mean everybody else did too. I mean it was you know what what are you going to do with this guy? They've got great fixtures coming up. It looks like he's been kind of freed up a little bit, you know, within with, you know within sorry ball. Sure, as, uh, I, I'm into sorry ball as a term. What the hell does it doesn't make any sense? But sure, let's go with it. <laughs> um, and I was sticking to my guns. I, you know, I, we talked. You and I actually talked. About, a few nights ago, we had like another – somehow you and I had like two late night drunken nights like in three days. Like I don't know how that worked out. One was more of a solo affair before the birthday party. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and that one I, I, I drunkenly confessed to you that maybe I was being – uh, I was, <laughs> this is what we do. Of course we just drink and then we just keep talking about FPL. And there's nothing else to <laughs> discuss, it gets, right? It gets, gets a little emotional <laughs> with the FPL yeah, talk. It, I drunkenly confess that I I may not have been giving the Hazard move enough credit that uh, uh-huh. it's you know that I had sort of I started to see the logic of it. I think I was seeing it too much through the lens of my own perspective, and and many others were in the same boat. I think, which is you know I, you know because I think you know I have Sadio Mane. I, I, I think maybe twenty to twenty five percent of the of the league did of the of the fantasy league. You know the FPL did um, going to the season. Um, and if you have Mane and he, you get him at 9.5 million, it's 10 million. It's very, that's not an easy move to make. I mean, just because it's so hard to give up on all that value built up into him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to get rid of Salah still. Um, I mean, God, the way people are talking about Salah now, it's like, it's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, it's like guys like (laughs) unbelievable, you know, all of last season, the first three weeks of this season and he like missed a shot and was like, there must have been 40 people on Twitter who like popped up to talk about what a fraud he was. Uh, and I, I did a lot of aggressive muting on Saturday, Brandon. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I have to go back and like, I think I muted some accounts I actually like. So I'm going to have to go back and, uh, and okay. do a little unmuting. People were later. victimized by your bad game week score. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I just don't, I can't stand for any salad bashing. I just don't, I give me like, you know, the guy's allowed to have a bad little you know, stretch. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's all new to us. It's foreign territory all right. last season. We barely yeah. saw this man blank at all, and now we have two blanks in a row. So we're okay. really coming to terms with that. A Waka Waka mm-hmm. on Twitter says, drop drop Mane or Salah for Hazard, Mark Moore, right. all Salah, stick with the Egyptian god or endure his hat-trick yeah. wrath if you get rid of him. I, I mean, just can't watch let him these, go. you got to watch these matches, too. I mean, you know, Salah could be on a brace uh, after this weekend, right? I mean, if, if Sadio Mane doesn't play a... Very selfish game, in my opinion, and and really not like his decision making was terrible in that match. And I, I like I, I like Mane, and I have him in my squad, but uh, I felt like he had a really poor game. And I mean, they won, so I guess whatever. And he kind of had the assist for the 
Firmino goal, even though I didn't get credit for it. But uh, I felt like it was it was one of those Sadio Mane games where he's just all over the pitch, making crazy decisions yeah. and you know kind of making up for them. And was, yeah, his yeah. worst I think his worst FPL decision was not him being selfish. It was when he decided to pass to Naby Keita instead of Salah. Instead when of they Salah, were, yeah, yeah, on the left instead of the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I felt like the whole match he was just not really looking. I, I, maybe there's something going on there. Maybe maybe. Maybe Mane and Salah got into like an argument or something. I I don't know. I think that that is the real Sadio Mane, and I'm not saying that the real Sadio Mane is a bad footballer. He's he's still great, but um, I think Mane is reverting to form a little bit, and Salah is still sort of where are I'm still wondering where the goals are, and I think he's not quite at the form that he should be. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's very tempting to do the Salah. To his hard move, which I, I could do pretty easily, uh, having two transfers in my in my pocket to to do, um, or did I say I, I'm sorry, money money to Hazard, not not solid Hazard, right, right, uh, right. Yeah, I, honestly, it kind of feels like it may come down to uh, tomorrow's Champions League match, and um, I mean if if. Salah plays the full ninety. Uh, there's probably pretty good chance he doesn't play in that Southampton match this weekend, and maybe he goes or, or vice versa with with my. I really have not decided what I'm going to do, and um, I'm, I'm probably going to wait till Friday. I'm just going to just going to handle all of the points hits and all the points drops that might happen. Uh, you know, I mean, okay, so maybe maybe Salah drops point one, maybe his arc goes up point two, um, maybe he goes up point three. It's possible. Um, so far, he's up only point one though, right? So I don't know. It's 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 arguable. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Lo Junan and FPL Boffin both uh, mentioning the Southampton fixture at uh, Anfield in game week six, and this is a reason to, without a doubt, without any hesitation, stick at least one more week out with Salah, and that is captaincy material. And uh, watching the Southampton Brighton game. Um, yeah. Not 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 the finest game to uh, not the finest endorsement for the Premier League, but Southampton are yeah. ripe for just the for ripe for the picking at Anfield. Well, the, the problem is the, the the concern is this nightmare scenario where Hazard, you know, I mean Hazard plays away to West Ham, which is, uh, I mean, God knows it's a great fixture for him. I mean, West Ham is, you know, West Ham is not impressed defensively, and. Um, you know, and, and so Hazard plays. Let's say he doesn't play in the Europa League, which I think is probably likely. Um, you know, then he plays away in a week's rest, and maybe Sal and Mane are both rested um, at home uh, to the South, Southampton match, which they should be able to win very easily, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they brought in guys like Shakiri to to play in those matches. So suddenly, you know, I hold on to those two guys. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to move both of them, but let's say I move one of them. Um, you know, and they get a one pointer and Hazard gets another 16 points or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like that, that just like the thought of that is just like <laughs> terrifying, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it, that, that's almost more terrifying to me than the thought of them going off on Southampton at home because, um, I don't know. It just, it really just depends on, on how they look tomorrow. Um, but it's really going to come down to the wire for me. Now, not that I did look at everything through my own perspective, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of. I guess, I guess the question is, you know, if you if you only have Salah, mm-hmm. right, and you don't have Hazard, do you move Salah to Hazard? You know, right? Like, because if you're yeah. looking at your next uh, most expensive midfielder, could maybe be David Silva or uh, right, 
Right. I'm trying try to think of uh, even expensive midfielders who have taken off this season, um, right. a, apart from from Mane. So it, it requires a minor amount of surgery to turn David Silva into um, into Hazard. So therefore, Salah is just the easiest way there. And I think a lot of people are trying to will Salah to be a guy that we don't need to have just so they can make the decision a little easier. I mean, I I would kind of just encourage people to consider triggering their wild card for this. It is a wild card worthy situation for me, what's going on with this art. We've got a couple questions um, uh, like uh, Ryan Dika, who asks, is it too late to jump on the Hazard bandwagon? You're not feeling like this is just a passing fad with Hazard. This is something worth kind well, of moving yeah. a lot of pieces around. And It's not like he's never done it before. I mean, you know, this is, I mean, this happens with Hazard, you know, every season or maybe sometimes twice a season where he has these runs where he scores an unbelievable number of goals and picks up assists and you know, usually has a couple penalties, penalties in there. Um, and then, yeah, and then he'll go eight weeks where he's like very indifferent. But when these runs happen, they last for four or five weeks and they're extremely explosive you're right and your season can be won and lost and whether you pick up in time um and honestly a lot of us got by pretty easy at the start right because he's been doing this basically from the start of the of the year um and uh but his ownership wasn't quite that high and it's it's really only recently that it's it's really hurt you if if he does well you know Mm -hmm. um and i mean his ownership is still only up to 28 percent um and that's after a ton of buys in the last couple of weeks um, but you know, I mean, he picked up 11, I guess he only picked up eight in the uh, Newcastle game, uh, but 11 in the Bournemouth game. And those weren't killers, but the, you know, then the 20, I think even then he was probably only around 20% ownership. So it was a really, it was a massive differential for people who had him then. And, you know, as I've said many times before in the podcast, you know, a differential, a differential, you know, that is someone that is, uh, performing really well, that isn't highly owned, uh, is only a differential for about two weeks, Right. Because then they just become a player that everybody has, you know, like no yeah. one has a differential for 12 weeks who just like is awesome. Right. Like everyone, like, you know, like it's not like the secret player that no one's talking about. It's like if they do well, everyone knows about it and everybody wants to bring them in. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's I mean, you know, that's 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 where we are really is. Um, so I guess if I were to answer the question I posed to you. Um, I think that I would, uh, consider moving, um, Salah and I, I, you know, and I guess it's a one week, I feel slightly hypocritical about this cause I was very adamant about not doing it last week. Um, but I mean, I, I guess the other factor here is that you free up an extra 2.2 million if you make the move, um, and their fixtures are so good. And, uh, you know, I just think that maybe, um, given their form, if, if Salah were like he was last season where, you know, I think he's starting price was 9.5 billion and mm-hmm. he went up about 1.3 million over the first, you know, 10 weeks or so. I mean, everybody had him by, you know, game week 10 or 11 last year. Um, then it really was a tricky decision because it, you know, you were giving up so much value that you built up, but in this case, he's at 13, he's probably going to drop, you know? And so, you know, it's not going to be impossible to bring him back in. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really like hoping yeah. that he would drop while I was on my wild card so I could sell him and, or because uh, I had uh, dropped him in my wild carding and then brought him back in at 13. I was kind of hoping I could get him at 12.9, but not to be. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I would for, be shocked yeah. if he didn't drop this week. Right. I, yeah, I forgot you still have him. So, I mean. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. So, not that it's doing yeah. me any good right now. 
Yeah, but I mean, you're not considered dropping them now, right? If you've got no, not at all. To, and um, yeah. it's it's like you with Sala and Mane, and having two big hitters like that. So me sitting with Sala and Hazard, there is there is a great amount of flexibility there. And I do fear if you move to a model in which you've got like Fraser, Madison, David Silva, and Hazard. Uh, Moving away from having two big, expensive, heavy hitters, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of flexibility because it's not right. like I want to put a bunch of money up front in my strike force. And you've probably already invested the way you intend to invest in your defense right now. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it just, that scares me, sort of moving a lot of money out of the out of the midfield for fear of lack of flexibility. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess the the other question here is, uh, you know, what happens with with Sergio Aguero? I mean, is he um, is he okay? <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, because that's that's twelve point five million. That uh, you know, I mean, let's let's say he's not okay. I mean, I, you know, we'll know more in a couple of days. And you know, if, if you're listening to this on Friday and we it's already out, you know, feel free to skip ahead like ninety seconds, but. If let's say he's out for a month, you know, um, unlikely though it may be. Let's say he's just out for, you know, but you never know, right? Let's say he's out for a month. Um, then the move could be to to move Aguero to somebody cheap like Mitrovic, right? And then you just have like an entire like a whole cheapy front line, and then that's like an extra four and a half million. And I could just I could just upgrade, you know, Lucas Mora to Eden Hazard, and then I could have. A ridiculous trilogy of of Mane, Salah, and <laughs> Hazard. Uh, you know, so I don't know. There's lots of different ways to do it. I, I don't think there's one like clear and easy move. And I, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it does make. I, you know, I think that having like Frazier as a possible enabler is maybe the way to do it because yeah. I think that you could free up some. You know, uh, downgrade Lucas Mora to Frazier. That's that's going to give you one point four, one point five million thereabouts. Um, you know, and then that that's enough money to take to move money to Hazard pretty easily. So, um, you know, just different different ways to do it. All right, let's move on to let's move on to fullbacks, Brandon. Yeah, fullback. We have to we have to do some concern trolling here. Uh, the holy <laughs> the holy trinity of Mendy Robertson and Alonso they all blanked. So what does this mean anything? Uh, and the big concern seems to be around Mendy because he's yellow flagged. It's kind of a mysterious injury. There's not a lot of information there. I think we'll know, obviously, a lot more looking at the uh, UEFA lineups midweek and more press conferences leading into the weekend. So it's it's hard for us to recommend any any real thing to do with Mendy at the moment. But it uh, goes back to the, uh, the point from uh, FPL Assister earlier. We don't need to make any huge sweeping judgments based on this one game week. So we didn't suddenly move from the year of the fullback to the year of um, Doherty and Duffy, as much as I love (laughs) Irish people. Sure, Um, yeah. So I'm not freaked out at all. Alonzo nearly had, I mean, he had kind of a bouncy around assist at the end of that match that uh, I think rightfully he wasn't credited with. So it's not like Alonso wasn't doing his Alonso thing. Robertson was still doing his Robertson thing, played a, a beautiful ball to initially set up the first Liverpool goal. Um, right. It just so happens he didn't get an attacking return and, and, and 
I mean, you expected the clean sheet against Spurs to get wiped out. Mendy yeah. is the big question mark with the injury. So all, all that to say is I'm I'm still happy to be wildly overinvested in my defensive back line. Yeah, I mean, it's all pretty explainable. I mean, men, the Mendy injury, like if he plays, I'm sure he does really well. Uh, Robertson had about as tough fixtures are going to have right away to Spurs and uh, especially coming out of the international break, right? It's just like it's those are always kind of strange game weeks. Uh, and then Alonzo, I mean, they considered a goal on a set piece, you know, like that's going to happen. That happens all the time, you know, even good, de- even good defenses can see goals on set pieces, right? It's just like the ball bounces just the right way. It hits the right forehead, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I don't feel like anything has really changed except, as you said, with Alonzo. But, I mean, as as Rick Cito says, um, you know, I'm holding, you know, let's, we need to wait for more info. And I, <laughs> I, I agree, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's – so let's 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 see what we find out. I mean, even if he was definitely not playing this coming weekend, it still wouldn't be enough for me to move him. I would need to know that he was out for a good. How long would I hold on to Mendy for? If he was out for two weeks, I would hold. Right, uh-huh. I would see it as a Richarlison situation and just just wait it out. If it was like a three weeks. If it was two to four, closer to a month, I think then I would definitely drop him. Now, what do you think about this? So Timmy Tutone, he says, as a City's fan, I think Mendy is a big question mark, even with only a minor knock now that Sané has gotten a sniff. And Timmy goes on to mention that Pep, is he said he doesn't think that Mendy or Sané can play together in the same team. So the fact that Sané starts and scores a goal, does this this suddenly mean that Mendy is now... um, on, on the outside looking in. And I think Sané was doing his Sané thing. I still think that City have looked much stronger the first four weeks of the season with Mendy playing. So I, I don't think that Sané coming along scoring a goal suddenly makes Mendy um, a little more of a of a risk. No, no, I, I don't think so either. I think, um, you know, uh, Mendy will be right back in the squad as soon as he's healthy, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it was good for, you know, I, yeah, I, I read it interesting. I can't remember where I read it now, but just a really damning article about Sané and his kind of approach to the game and how it was somebody, it was, um, Tony Cruz, uh, his German teammate who said that, that he has the same body language, whether they're winning or losing, you know, okay. that he's just, that he just sort of, you, you can't, you can't, maybe it's like, you can't tell by looking at him, whether you're winning or losing the match. Um, and then there's just a, a, he kind of gives off an indifferent vibe. I, I don't know anything about him. Uh, some, some point out that it's kind of strange that his tattoo on the back of himself, it's a tattoo of him scoring a goal in a losing match. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, there maybe is like, I don't, you know, these all seem kind of petty when, you know, but maybe together they add up to a player who maybe isn't quite as, um, but he's so young too. I mean, it feels weird to, to sort of get down on someone for not being a consummate professional when they're, you know, when I was still a junior in college at that time. And, yeah. and God knows I was nothing, I was not consummate or a professional, Brandon, in any way at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about Champions League real quick since uh, okay. group stages start up this week. So tomorrow, uh, I guess it's Tuesday, Spurs are away to Inter and uh, Liverpool host PSG at Anfield also on Tuesday. Two huge matches. So we'll watch that rotation with, with great interest. Uh, how much does Salah play? How much does Mane play? The Shakiri come in, um, and then on Wednesday, City and Manchester United both play. City is at home to Lyon, and Manchester United away in Switzerland to Young Boys. 
So, I mean, just words of the wise. I mean, we we always post our podcast early in the week. We do we do trust you, the listener, to take everything we say and apply it to news that breaks because of Champions League lineups, injuries, rotation, form, and so on and so forth. So, uh, just good for us to point that out in case you're um, you're new to FPL and you want to take that into consideration, Josh. So you've got two transfers to make, and you were telling me there's not a chance that you make any moves until you see the outcome uh, of these UEFA fixtures. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, given the given the like, you know, how expensive these players are, um, you know, they're like and just how important they are to my team. Um, I can't make some smaller move just uh, just because of a point one price rise or a point one price drop. You you just have to wait until these are over because you know it's it's just too risky. Um, and also you got you got to look at the minutes that are being managed and uh, you know it just tells you a lot about how healthy people are, right? I mean, if Aguero is in the eighteen. Even if he doesn't start in midweek, then that means it's probably fine, right? And you know, same with Mendy for that matter. If um, I, I don't know, let's you know, if 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 Salah doesn't start in midweek, then I, there's no way I'm going to drop him, right? Because there's the, it seems extremely like he's going to play in the Southampton game. Um, you know, so it's kind of interesting actually. There was a I read the uh, Klopp's press conference uh, uh, over the you know, before before the weekend started, and he was talking about how. This idea that that managers always sort of have a plan for like the next three matches, um, so he says it's like kind of overstated um, because it's it, you really just every time a match is over, you evaluate where your players are um, mm-hmm. and who needs who needs the rest. Who's you know, so it's not it's not always this. Yeah, actually, Pep seems like the kind of guy who knows what he's doing like into December. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think in general, <laughs> I think they he they, has a bullet uh, journal. Yeah, I mean, you know, I heard that, like, you know, Trippier, for example, is apparently not traveling with with uh, Spurs um, for their Champions League match with Inter, and um, which at first was kind of surprising, and then it was like, well, he must have just wore himself out, right? In the Liverpool game, yeah, you know, he just they, he needs the rest, and so, or he just, you know, if they can't play him three times in a week, it's um, not like so. a crippling fear of flying. That's not the reason. It could be. It could. Yeah, it could be. Um, so yeah, it, maybe he has like uh, just yeah, like he has crippling vertigo or something. <laughs> we have to. We we have to also chime in. Chelsea do have a big Europa League campaign that kicks off on Thursday. Um, well, let's say Europa League campaign. What's that? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just a full stop Europa League campaign. So. Does Hazard okay? Does Hazard travel? What kind of uh, is this? Just going to be the Ross Barkley um, All Stars that play against yeah. PAOK? Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got fifteen from from five, uh, you know, five wins in a row, decent chance of winning the league this year. I, I just don't know why you're putting any energy into the Europa League. Right? They could win the league this year. I mean, it's yeah, not well, likely, yeah. maybe, but it's possible. It is possible. It's at least more likely that they get into Champions League by finishing top four in the league than winning Europa. And that, right. uh, that's that's uh, just a bit of a gauntlet. Yeah. Ar- Arsenal, with, was, yeah, but we saw this with Conte two years ago, too. You know, there's like, well, there's no way Chelsea is going to win the league. You know, this is like a, it's a team in transition. They finished 10th the year before. But it, that's like it's that like kind of magic mix of. Of of having a really talented team that that disappointed the year before, so you don't have Champions League at the middle of the week, you know, and you just have that little extra rest. And I'm not saying that I think Chelsea's going to win the league, but I mean they, 
I, you know, I'd be surprised if they weren't still contending for it and, you know, yeah. the, the game week 34 or something like that. Uh, all right. So we're let's take a break, Josh. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Wii midfield Titans, the uh, the uh, Frasers, the Richarlisons, the Madisons of the world. Then we have uh, lightning round and before right. our game week six preview. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's take a minute for our good friends at Starting Eleven. If FPL has you stressed out, Josh, you seem a little stressed out. I do. I am. Yeah, so let's mix it up a little bit. Take your FPL brain and apply it to Starting Eleven, which you can play daily fantasy for cash prizes. Starting Eleven is an app for your iOS or Android phone. Cash games are live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your iPhone. And free games are now available everywhere on Android. Cash games are coming soon. So go to your iOS app store or the Google Play store to download Starting 11 today. What is it? It is Daily Fantasy. Play it any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening. You can set a squad with no budget limitations. Adjust your lineups right up until kickoff. So when those team sheets are announced, you're uh, you're not left kicking yourself or putting... Uh, Josh King second on your bench. You've got three live <laughs> in-game substitutions. So as the game is playing, you can bring in new players to keep up with the action as if you're the manager on the sideline or if you feel like you need to get an edge on whoever you're challenging for cash through the app. You can affect the game in real time. Also, mini leagues are coming soon. So the way Starting Eleven works is you can you can jump into cash games with strangers. You can challenge your friends for free or for cash. And soon you'll be able to set up mini leagues. And once that happens, we're going to have an always cheating starting 11 mini league. So, yeah, download the app. Just visit starting11.io for more information or your favorite app store today. Brandon, we will see them and us. We'll all we'll all be there playing starting 11. We'll see you there in the future. You'll see us there. We'll see you first, maybe. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Josh, this is technically part three of the podcast, and it works really nicely because there are three primary suspects in this section, the midfield mini Titans. It's Fraser, it's Madison, and it's Richarlison. So Madison and Fraser are kind of uh, players of of the moment that everyone's talking about. Madison right. has looked sharp. He, he, he scored the penalty. And then Richarlison, he enters into this discussion because – um, he's just coming back from suspension. He was a really key player before his red card, but he's coming back with an away fixture to Arsenal. Perhaps not. Well, I don't know. That it's debatable what kind of fixture that is for Richarlison. So maybe you you hold fire on him until game week seven when they host Fulham, which has a very leaky defense. So um, let's tackle these three midfielders uh, where we should be if if we're FPL managers right now who who may have one and not the other. So how are you feeling about Fraser first and foremost? Cause you, you don't know. Yeah. Well, I think we've always been very positive about Fraser on the podcast so far this season. I mean, he's, you know, he's on set pieces. He's been kind of the uh, attacking fulcrum of the team on uh, the opening weeks. I mean, he kind of, we thought he is just a year later than we expected this to happen. I mean, he started to show this last year and, uh, I, do you, is he playing a little more centrally this year? Am I, am I wrong in thinking that was he a little, was he further out wide in the past? And, yeah, I, don't know. I think he, he typically was more on the wing. Maybe it's like so. Begovic comes out and wildly says that he thinks that King, Wilson, and Fraser are right up there with Liverpool's front three. 
And uh, of course, that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say, as good as Bournemouth's attack has been this season. But what I think that points to is now these guys are a little more comfortable with each other. Fraser has been fully in uh, sort of uh, brought into first team football at Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. I think he's just he is enjoying a little more freedom. And to see him make those darting runs down the middle, the overlapping runs uh, is is interesting. I think there's a little more to him this time around. Yeah, I, I think so too. And uh, I mean, you know, if if he really did have a hamstring injury, it's amazing how well he played in that match. Um, I, I mean, I guess it was just a little tightness, and he was fine. But um, when yeah, he, I mean, he, I, it's yeah. it's like him, guys like him and Aguero, who are who are tiny but had these giant tree trunk legs. I feel like they right. are very susceptible to these little twinges in their hamstring. Right. That they have to yeah, because you've got to be so strong, right, to fight. Yeah, to fight. So I think. Um, yeah, I mean, do I think he can do what he did in that match again? Um, no, uh, probably not. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, how much do you need from him, though? I mean, at $5.5 million, if he if he's going to average, you know, an assist and a goal every – let's say he gets one goal and one assist every three matches. Yeah. Um, maybe, that's, maybe that's a little high. It's one goal and one assist every four matches. Um, and throw in a few bonus points too. I mean, like, you know, if he's averaging like 16, if he's averaging four points a game at 5.5 million, that's a fantastic return. Um, you know, and I think he's definitely capable of that. So, um, he's also just a nice enabler. I mean, if you're trying to free up money, if you want to keep, I mean, it's kind of like if you want a team like, like your wildcard team, Brandon, where you want to keep Salah and Hazard and bring in Hazard, um, he's a perfect enabler for that because you feel confident that he's going to start matches. Um, and you like him as a, as a, I mean, and the fixtures are good too. I mean, there's really no reason. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to beat around the bush here too much because we both like him and, yeah. um, and we like, and we like Bournemouth's fixtures and I mean, Bournemouth play a style of play that lends itself to goals. I mean, that's why, yeah. this is why, you know, I really didn't feel any hesitation about keeping the faith with Josh King because I knew that the fixtures were good and. Um, you know, I've been rewarded with, you know, two goals, assist and five bonus points in the last three matches from him. So, um, yeah, you definitely have to just stay a little patient with some of these, uh, these cheaper players. I mean, you know, it's possible that he blanks the next game week, but that doesn't, that shouldn't bother you too much because he's 5.5 million or five, six, you know, whatever he yeah. is now. Yeah, for sure. He's very much like a square peg that goes into a square hole. It yeah, just works. He's yeah. like a, a perfect FPL player. And a Bayern Brew on our Slack says, Ryan Frazier, is he Riyad Mahrez or Etienne Capoue? So uh, they broke the mold with Riyad Mahrez that first season at Leicester. I <laughs> right. would not I, – I, I appreciate the way you're speaking about Frazier in a very tempered sort of way because, yeah, I don't want to get too rolled right. over by him scoring a brace. I, I, he's not going to do that every week. And I do still yeah. wonder what's going to go on I with think Bourne, it's Bournemouth more for the like, I, I, I think the comparison is Robert Snodgrass like three years ago. Remember when Snodgrass had that amazing season? Oh, was that for the, Hull? For Hull City? Well, yeah, it was for Hull. The Snod is God year. Sure. Uh, as our friend Guy Yedweb, our, our Poku supporter, Guy Yedweb says, uh, yeah. but like Snod, you know, Snodgrass was just unbelievable that year because he was right around the same price point as as uh, Fraser is. I think he was maybe five point five million, and it was just he was on set pieces and he was kind of the attacking fulcrum of the team. And yeah. um, and you know, if you had a, if you didn't get anything from him one game, get, I mean, God, like I'd rather have him than Pedro. Right or um, probably why not Lucas have Moore, both? Josh? Why not have both? I know. <laughs> See, there's so much. It's very hard, you know. Two days after the stuff, to not to not have 
to not to not like be totally like what have you done for me lately? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I actually think I'd probably prefer Lucas Mora over over Frazier long term. But um, but yeah, I mean, given the given the one point seven million price difference, maybe I do actually prefer Frazier. Yeah. So Jurgen Rockvog says, "Is I like he, he coins this term the Fraser wagon? Is the Fraser wagon worth it? Can you name any other bandwagon it's good now to be on?" So. You brought up Pedro, and and that then leads me right into James Madison. So I have Pedro, and he was brought in as a placeholder for eventually bringing Richarlison back in. Right. Uh, Richarlison, 6.6. Pedro now 6.8. So, so that all checks out. But um, my issue with Pedro and why I'm very eager to get rid of him is it sort of feels like an oscillating fan. Like, you want Pedro for the match that he starts, and right now um, – it does feel like every other match you could see him get rotated, particularly when William comes on and, and puts on right. a scoring clinic the way he did. So uh, that is a bit of a concern. So maybe I just want to immediately throw my hat in with James Madison. Continues to look great. As I mentioned, he he scored that penalty. Uh, Ishan Gosh says, is Richarlison? Yes, I kept him to Madison. Advisable this week, given Leicester's next two are Huddersfield at home and Newcastle away. Um so what are, you, what are you thinking about Leicester City right now and, and Madison's prospects? Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about him last week. I mean, as a sort of poor man's Christian Eriksen. And um, I mean, I guess I still feel the same way after after this fixture, right? I mean, I, I don't think he's on pens when Vardy is on the pitch still. But, um, you know, he did pick a penalty and he did pick up a bonus point in a game they lost 4-1. to one. So I think that tells you something about, you know, how involved he is. Um, on the pitch, you know, I mean, he seems like a he seems like a kind of player who can get attacking returns, and he's going to get rewarded with bonus points when he gets yeah. them. Um, it was it was four to price. two, Josh. Don't don't uh, forget the uh, weird Mark Albrighton scoring a headed goal in the yeah. middle of like. The I was six I know <laughs> I was I was so ready for people to start getting on me because I was so negative about the Bournemouth defense all week, uh, and I was like, oh god, here it comes, and then nope, there's two quick conceded goals just. To, just to just to prove how yeah. crap they are. So Ishan's question is interesting to me because he's he's stuck with Richarlison through this entire red card ban, and now he's thinking of moving him to Madison. So no, here we are now uh, with Richarlison. I feel like if you've waited this long, you have to keep him. Uh, Tacoma Toffee says Richarlison yeah. back in straight away, or wait and see. Sankar is the returning Richarlison uh, straight back in. Um, Brandon, if I could go, if 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 betting, if gambling were were allowable in the U.S., which it kind of is now, I don't know, like eventually it will be. Uh, I would totally go to a Ladbrokes or whatever and and make a bet on Richarlison scoring away to Arsenal this week. That guy is definitely going to score away to Arsenal. I feel very, I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a game time decision for me. Pedro is turning into one of these one of these uh, players of the of the moment. It's just a matter of of who Madison or Richarlison. All right, Josh. So those are our mini midfield titans. This leaves us some room for a, a quick lightning round, thirty seconds or less questions before we get to the game week six preview. Okay. I will ask you the first question. Give me okay. the one hundred percent correct answer in thirty okay. seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike DePietro, he asks. I know this gets asked often, but if I can make all the changes I want at a minus eight, should I hold my wild card or use it? Too many players I feel like I have to bring in Fraser, Hazard, Mitrovic, etc. So you're faced with the prospect of burning minus eight to get your team to a point where you're totally happy with it. Right. Or trigger the wild card. I would probably just use the wild card. Um, 
I don't know. I, minus eight feels like a lot, and uh, it's going to take a long time to recoup that. Uh, it's like I know, like the wild card is like the bird in the hand, and like you never. But I just feel like I would just I would just use the wild card. I mean, how many? Tra- I guess the question is, how many transfers do you feel like you need to make in order to justify using a wild card? And I think. Yeah. It's like it's like four, I'd say. So maybe he's one short. I, I don't know. I feel well, like, but the, but then but then like once you make those three that you really need to make or feel like you need to make, there's probably another three or four that you could make in your squad as well, right? Definitely. This leads into the next lightning round question from Vinyl Richie on our Slack. Might have to look at wild carding from a position of strength, which is a term that is used by some of the Scoutcast guys. So there, this idea that. Maybe you only, maybe Mike only has to make uh, a minus eight worth of changes, but he, it, maybe that means he's actually in a position of strength and could benefit a lot from a wild card to make those changes that he wouldn't think to change. If you, yeah, if you I would probably, I would probably just wild card if, if I were in his position. I, I, I'm not really considering it myself. I still like my team fundamentally. I feel like, especially with the two transfers, I feel like I can get it close to where it needs to be. Um, but yeah, I mean the question about whether like, like where are the next like big sort of runs of good fixtures coming from? That's an interesting question. I think. Yeah. Vinyl um, Richie goes on to ask if there's a big fixture swing that would make sense for people who still have their wild card. When, when is the natural point in which, what, what are you waiting for, Josh? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not you know, saying that I'm not I'm not pointing at you and saying you have why haven't you in particular? But well, I mean, the idea the idea of having a wild card in game week 14 or something, you know, when everybody like hates their team and there's like a rash of injuries is incredibly appealing. Uh, I mean, yeah, it hurt me this week not to play it, I guess, or not to bring in Hazard. Um, but having a wild card is is a super valuable chip and. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, some of the teams that have good fixtures coming up. I mean, one of them is obvious, right? Because their fixtures have been so bad for a while. Um, it's Newcastle, and I think there's a lot of value in Newcastle. A ton of cheap players, a ton of interesting options, and we sort of treated them like they don't exist. Uh, you know, the first five <laughs> weeks of the season. Um, you know, Leicester have a great run too. I mean, I'm looking. You know, just I'm looking through game week 14 right now. I mean, they have maybe one bad fixture and a run from game week six to 14. Um, you know, I think uh, even Man United have a pretty good run of fixtures. I mean, we we haven't talked about Lukaku at all, but you know, if Aguero is injured, then Aguero to Lukaku is a very interesting move. Um, you know, I mean, they play Wolverhampton, West Ham, and Newcastle in their next three. Um, yeah. you know, if you wanted to be a little different, uh, it's it's risky because I mean, you know, Man City still has some really good fixtures too. Um, you know, not having you know Aguero if he starts at home to Brighton or something like that. Uh, and game week seven is uh, is a pretty scary prospect, but um, yeah. So I, I think there's a, there's a few. You know, Burnley have a pretty decent run of fixtures coming up too. Yeah, I'm looking um, at game. I'm looking at game week eight in particular. Watford are coming off the back in game week eight of Fulham and Arsenal away, and they host Bournemouth at home. It's Bournemouth, Wolverhampton, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Southampton. It's a decent run for Watford at the same time in game week eight. Brighton come off of their Man City away fixture to host West Ham and then they have a decent run. So it's decent attack with Watford and uh, decent defense with Brighton. And I guess that's the way I'd look at the fixtures turning is looking at the, the marginal teams, the mid to lower mm-hmm. table teams, the value teams like Newcastle, right. as you say, that's where true. Cause, cause, cause yeah. the fixtures, the fixtures really don't matter with those big hitters that we're talking yeah. about. It's the smaller guys. 
yeah, that's, that's that's definitely true. I mean, that's that's why we've. That's one of the reasons I kept the faith with. Liverpool. I mean, God, you know, Liverpool had their chances in that game. It was it was frustrating to get blanks from from Mane and Salah, but that's that's a rare thing and, and not something I expect to happen. Um, you know, too frequently. All right, now I'll answer the next question. Uh, one word answer: Zaha or Mitrovic. This comes from Nick. Uh, this is a tough one to answer after this game week when Zaha just scored in an, a sensational individual goal and Mitrovic mm-hmm. just had no supply whatsoever against a, just like a rampant right. city. And Fulham looked, they just looked like they kind of didn't want to be there. They they looked mm-hmm. ill-prepared. They looked really slow. Um, I did say that, one word answer, Brandon. Oh, uh, so based on what I just said, I'm going to go ahead and say Mitrovic. I am keeping the faith with Fulham. I think uh-huh. their attack is really strong. Mitrovic right. did manage to get a shot off, at least against mm-hmm. City, that was on target. Yeah, uh, I would definitely go with Mitrovic as well. Um, I mean, Zaha just doesn't get it. No, there's no one to feed him the ball. He has to do it all himself. This is the biggest problem. There's, they have no attacking midfield. I mean, it's just uh, maybe if Max Meyer starts to come into the four more or something, but I mean, right now it's just him doing these long runs and, and Andros Townsend isn't helping him at all. And anyway, I, I'm, I'm saying Mitro, Mitrovic as well. Uh, Sedant says if the Aguero uh, injury ends up being more serious, would you swap him out for someone like Lukaku or go for someone cheap like a Vardy or Zaha? It's a good question. It, going back to what I was saying earlier about uh, keeping money sort of strategically placed, be it in your defense or your midfield or up front, I worry if you downgrade Aguero to a cheap striker, where are you putting that money? And if you then need to get a, a premium striker like Lukaku becomes essential or mm-hmm. um, you need Aguero back, how how straightforward is that going to be? And I think a like-for-like like with Aguero to Lukaku if you're looking at Manchester United's fixtures right now, it's Wolves, West Ham, Newcastle in the next three. Lukaku's on form. I like that move. I like Lukaku better than trying to uh, strike it rich with a more value striker, which you probably have yeah, elsewhere a, in your front three. Yeah. Just a hard question to answer before we know what, what the extent of the Guerrero situation is. Well, what, what, uh, so what do you think? But what do you think about Lukaku right now, just while we're talking about it? Because I think he's yeah. one that's starting to build a little bandwagon steam. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the Hazard thing, you know, except it's on a team that doesn't that doesn't play as much of an attacking style. So, I mean, you know... It's like Hazard I'm still wary of, but like you said earlier, he, they've, they've opened up that team a lot, and it feels like it's created a lot of chances for him. You know, uh, Lukaku is a great forward and plays a ton of minutes, but um, can really drift out of games and doesn't really seem like he's enjoying himself a lot. And I'm not sure if that matters, but mm-hmm. um, he's not a fun player to have. Uh, I think maybe that's a factor <laughs> too. Like I don't enjoy yeah. having Lukaku on my team. I you know, I, I don't know. I liked it more when he was at Everton. Uh, you know, maybe it's just part of it. And I'm not. I, I don't dislike Man United, but it's just kind of a. I don't know. It just now it's like he's just part of the. He just. It just seems like he's like a rich guy who, you know, has all the trappings and doesn't. I, I just <laughs> wish he celebrated more. I hate that he doesn't celebrate. It just yeah. drives me crazy. It's like this is a sport. It is supposed to be fun. Like we are all like. We're playing sports and we, and we take it – I mean like we have this podcast where we take it seriously. It's, I know it's sort of mock seriously, but like we're just – we're having fun though. Like – and this guy is like being paid so much money and you know he's going to have $200 million and retire at 34 and can he do anything he wants or never work again. Like who cares? <laughs> like what are you so angry about? I just like – I wish he would just like lighten up and it makes me dislike him and it probably biases me against him as a player it's a his, bit It's fantasy. his game face, Josh. It's his game face. He's, he's just competitive. 
You, you, can, I, you can sympathize with that. Yeah, but even, there are very competitive players, Brandon, in, in all of these leagues who, who do celebrate when they score goals and don't make it seem oh, like so like it's a uh, like it's a you know like they just you know what did you say? It killed an intergalactic kitten or whatever. Well, he doesn't kill the kitten; he sends them to an intergalactic prison. Right. I mean, it's a, it's right. a sentence worse than death. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. But yeah. an interesting comparison is Arnautovic. So he. He looks quite grim, but he does. He's very emphatic in his celebrations. He's doing like the uh, the like irons West Ham sign yeah. and ripping at his badge, but he's not smiling. He's not happy. Yeah, but that's that's Lukaku. Like when he scores, he like starts to cry a little bit. He sort of kicks the dirt in front of him like Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. I mean, th- this guy really doesn't like to score goals. Yeah. All right, I think you can answer this with a one-word answer. Uh, Eldo Kelderon, what do you think of bringing in Tompkins if you already have Juan Bissaka? So <laughs> would you double up on Palace defense? Yes. Assuming you would. Okay. Sure, yeah. Did you think I was going to say no? I, I think you can. I think their defense is pretty good. Um, and their fixtures are good, too. The only thing that gives me pause is um, how many other – I was doubled up with AWB and Tompkins in game week one, and it was, pre- it was, it was good. Like Palace defense does look great when Tompkins and Sacco are in the middle. However, at the, at going into game week six, like we were talking about Doherty, and I think we could – and, and Duffy has is, is come, sure. come to there bear. Are other, there are other there options, are other options. But, but yes, but I, I, wouldn't, I don't think it's a bad move. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, Mike Mc- Mike Mulcahy, West Ham Everton. Is your Malenko an add to the watch list, or was this game a reminder that Everton can't defend, or both? I mean, when I saw yeah. Everton's central defensive lineup with yeah, with Holgate and so I, w- I wanted Arnie in my team so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's he's one to watch. I mean, uh, you know, their fixtures aren't great. You know, they played Chelsea, Man United, and Spurs in three of their next four. Um, so that's that's not fantastic. Now all three of those are at home, um, mm-hmm. so I guess that does soften the blow a little bit. Although you know it's questionable whether they really have a strong home advantage of their new stadium. Um, so I think he's interesting. He scored in the internationals as well, so he's clearly you know in some form right now. Uh, but no, I wouldn't be looking at him yet. I don't know that I trust that team, uh, yeah. especially if uh, Arnautovic is injured. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. then definitely not. Yeah, that's like ripping the beating heart out of, out of that attack. M. Bison says, uh, does Josh think that Walcott will wither and cower again as he goes back to the Emirates? Is it safe to bench him? Now, this is a reference to last last season when I predicted, uh, in spite of some, some, some serious form at the time, that he would make a complete ass of himself away <laughs> to Arsenal in his return, uh, which proved to be the case. Uh, I think he slunk off around the 72nd minute or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, I don't hate Theo, but like, you know, he's kind of a flat track bully, right? We all know that. Yeah, uh, at best. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of a, a no yeah. track bully. He's uh, kind of a flat track nice guy at the moment. I think you can safely bench Theo going into this weekend or possibly just transfer him out. Another uh, Arsenal question from Vale. Could Ozil be a differential in the next four to no, five matches? No, don't even finish the sentence. No. I, I, can't, I can't believe I put this in the running order. <laughs> no uh, Anshu Mishra, uh, who should I take out first between uh, Mickey, Pedro, or Bernardo Silva? And who should I bring in first, Madison or Frazier? 
This is a quick one, Brandon. Quick answer. Yeah, so. Mickey out for Fraser, and I think that's just a good value proposition. Fraser's yeah. going to be skyrocketing in value this week. Yeah, and then I go Pedro to Madison from there. Yeah. Uh, Taweg Al-Sharif says, uh, should I play Perea instead of Fraser? Okay, this is kind of ju- jumping ahead to our uh, Game Week 6 preview. It's like Watford mm-hmm. are at Craven Cottage and Bournemouth are at Turf Moor. Um, mm. Hmm. So does that make you reconsider your answer? Nope. Nope. Yep. <laughs> you got you to play Fraser right now. I mean, given this, oh, yeah. given this form. Scorching yeah. hot form. Yeah. Eric Medbo on the slack. Ings or Jimenez for the next three to four matches, of course, with a note that Ings cannot play against Liverpool in game week six. Right. I guess that that's a that's the uh that that's that moves you into the Jimenez category, doesn't it? Um I mean I, I don't trust Jimenez. Jimenez has never been a massive goal scorer in any at, like really at any point in his career. Um so I don't see him as a great goal scoring option, but I like that team and the way they attack. So yeah. um I guess I would go Jimenez. I mean, partially maybe, maybe the tiebreaker is just again that that you can't play Ings in game week six. Yeah, at the moment it does feel like a bit of a coin flip. I did feel like uh I did feel like Danny Ings looked up for it against sure. Brighton. I think sure. he is I think he's he's finding something there at Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh final uh question lightning round. Uh Berkey says, is Shane Duffy a must have? So I spent all of last season's podcast saying I would eat my hat if Shane Duffy didn't score by the end of the season and he didn't right. manage to score. And here he is, like Lionel Messi caliber. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't appreciate that. Duffy. Yeah. Well, well, they have great fixtures coming out, but they do play Spurs and City in the next two. So, uh, Brandon, let's wait until game week eight when you and I are watching them play on Friday night in London. Yes. No, live, in Brighton. Excuse me. Live yeah. at the Amex, <laughs> we'll be watching Brighton host West Ham. Yeah, I didn't even get to my story about getting Fulham tickets, but we were going to Fulham Arsenal as well. So that's all It's all very exciting. Uh, it's so exciting. I think we should take a quick break, Josh, and then we can come back and, and do our preview of Game Week 6 and get out of here. All right. Sounds good. All right, Brandon. Game Week 6 is here. The Dark Lord says, Captain Aguero, Hazard, or Mane? This might be a question we have to wait on. Um, because we don't know what's going on with Aguero yet. Yeah, it, it's true, and and the uh, the midweek fixtures will give us another another few hints as well. But my bus team, I'm I'm on Salah right now on my bus team. Mm, so. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that shouldn't be a surprise because Liverpool is home to Southampton. Um, but it, Hazard has to be tempting. Yeah, uh, Hazard is the vice right now. I'm. Uh, it, I don't know. It's going to be very, it's going to be a very, this is one where the bus team probably has no correlation to what the Friday <laughs> team is going to look like. Right. But yeah, it's, like, it's so hard to refuse Salah a home, right. a home match to don't a Don't you feel like these, these game weeks where there's like five different amazing captain choices that like all of them go bust. Like there's, there's some like rule of, of the game where like they all, don't, I don't know. I feel like we will see what happens here, but I feel like, um, like, Three out of four of these great captain choices are not going to not going to come to pass this weekend. Oh yeah, him and his hat trick against Manchester United, without a doubt, that is yeah, that he'll is be the going to be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I think that uh, just Saturday and Sunday this weekend, uh, which is kind of nice. I'm a little sick of these Monday fixtures. Uh, the games were better, maybe. But, you know, the problem is, you know, because the Champions League on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you can really never, you very rarely get, like, a huge team in those in those Monday games. Uh, I have a feeling like there's they're so rarely, like, real. This, actually, this one was actually pretty good. For, you know, the 2-2 draw, you know, with, with some goals and penalties. It's, Did it's you bad. watch the game? I mean, I have never seen so many misplaced passes in my life. <laughs> oh, I, I actually didn't. Oh, you were home today. So you're homesick. Yeah, I took, a, I took a sick day. I hope my boss isn't listening to this podcast. But um, I did take a sick day and watched it. And it was a pretty vile affair for a 2-2 match. Maybe yeah. people feel differently, but... Well, it does seem like we're going to see a lot of goals this weekend. I mean, Fulham Watford kick things off. That could be like a three-three match. Uh, you know, we got Burnley, Bournemouth, Cardiff, Man City. There's like a nice mix of some interesting. Like it's just a fun mix of games this weekend. I'm kind of excited about it. There's no. I, I guess you have. I don't even know what is the marquee match this weekend. Is it possibly Man United Wolves? Yeah, I was just going to say the same <laughs> yeah. thing. I think it is because everyone like Wolves is the hipster pick right now, and everyone and yeah. the the hipster anti pick is Manchester United. So everyone is going to be fingers crossed, hoping that Jose gets put to the sword there. But. Yeah, I think um, Burnley Bournemouth should be an interesting match too. I mean, Burnley, we sort of keep waiting for them to come around, and Bournemouth are just in such good form right now, and like something's got to. It used to be that you went to the turf more, and it was like you benched your you benched your your weaker strikers and, and midfielders, yeah. right? Because they just yeah. weren't going to get anything in that match. And now yeah. uh, it's hard to have that kind of faith. Um, yeah. I think the uh, Arsenal Everton match on Sunday could be a, could be kind of a fun one. Um, I uh, I don't know. I just I see a lot of goals in that match. I mean, it doesn't seem like Arsenal can keep a clean sheet right now. And um, <laughs> I, I, as I said before, I like I'm dead certain that Charleston's going to score. Sure. So that, that Chelsea fixture being on Sunday perhaps is the case that you can make for putting the armband on Hazard just from a, a mental enjoyment sort of perspective. Um, everyone sort of does their thing on Saturday with Liverpool and City assets, and then you'll know exactly where you sit, and mm-hmm. then then you you queue up for that that Chelsea <laughs> fixture and that, yeah. that Hazard. Also, sounds like the. Also sounds like the recipe for a horrible Sunday if things don't go well. But <laughs> right, <laughs> sure. Yeah, Hazard rested. It, <laughs> you might enjoy the Saturday, but the Sunday will be will be rough. Um, yeah, so it's interesting mix of games, and the the late game on Saturday is Brighton Spurs, which should also be a pretty interesting match, I think. Um, sort of looking forward to that one too. Yeah, Spurs. We uh, we got a few questions about Spurs, and they're just such a such a dicey proposition right now i mean they're I they're like a like a big fpl stay away which is is weird well, for Spurs. For, I, I mean they haven't been like them for ages i thought lucas played pretty well uh should have had a goal actually in that liverpool game uh, just oh yeah just he had one. an amazing look yeah. yeah really and like a chance to basically credit himself um mm-hmm. and yeah i think that he i mean i really like him a lot as value at, at 7.3 million even if he ends up as an occasional rotation risk with with Simon, but as long as as long as Ali's out, I think he's he's pretty safe. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like Lucas a lot there. Um, but yeah, the rest of the team, including the defense, I mean, you know, Trippier is kind of a tempting option just because he's pretty locked into those set pieces right now. But um, God, yeah, it's hard to it's hard really hard to recommend anybody in that defense right now. Yeah. Okay, Brandon, that's the pod. 
on your meow. That's the pod. <laughs> yeah, pod. Uh, great. So let's sign off. Uh, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can find all sorts of cool stuff, get access to our Slack channel, join some extra leagues. Uh, we've got uh, buttons and, and other swag that's upcoming. Uh, we t-shirts. Mentioned it, you, and I, we, you and I had a long discussion about T-shirts over our – Drinking. Yep. It's basically yep. a business dinner that got out of hand last Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our our sample tees with the graphics on them are coming in the mail this week, so we're going to check them out. Make sure they are good enough for our Patreon subscribers, and if they are, they're they're going out to all you fine folks uh, who, yeah. are, who who contribute at the right tier. Yeah, exactly. And, and thanks again to to this week's new patrons: uh, Michael, Sindra, Nico, Jason, Colin, Eric, Daniel, Matthew, Antonio, Mark. Uh, Sean and Taylor. Thanks again, guys. And thanks to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl's Rasmus, Lean Granley, Chris Howell, Rafikon, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, and Brian T. Don't forget to subscribe to Always Cheating on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And Josh, if you were to rate Always Cheating on iTunes, what rating would you give us? Uh, I would give it uh, 10 stars if all 10 stars were available. That's uh, amazing. What a, yeah. <laughs> you could actually leave five stars and then write in your, your little uh, text field. I would have given this 10 stars. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, follow the you can follow the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L. Cheaters. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can email us anytime. That's hailcheaters at gmail.com or visit the website alwayscheating.com. Well, Brandon, I have to say, even though you and I are both an hour 46 of our 48 hour hangover, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like because we're, we're now too old to, to, to do what we did on Saturday, uh, yeah, we got, should we never got through done. it. We should have a little more energy next week. Absolutely. <laughs> the next podcast. Uh, But thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, guys. So watch out for breaking news midweek, and uh, we'll see you on the social channels. Good luck in Game Week 6. Poku forever. Cheers, Brandon. Talk to you soon. Bye.